Good morning, guys, and welcome to the first in this series. We are really going to get into a lot of different subjects throughout this series, but I like to say that life is full of surprises. I think the the biggest thing that I think about is how life disturbs us, constantly disturbs us. And I've often say to my kids that really it's all about chemistry and we drive those chemicals into our system. And as we drive those chemicals, we decide to disturb ourselves and create adrenaline and things in our system that quite frankly uh, don't do us any favors. And we all know the effects of stress on our body and the, the, the effects of stress on our system. So to kind of get caught up in the dailies of what's going on in the political spectrum or what's going on in your office or what's going on uh, with your relatives and other people around you, it becomes very difficult to find that wonderful expression that we learn to be still. And I think I'd like this to be about helping people to find that stillness, to rediscover a way that they can actually become happier uh, with themselves. So life hacks is really about things that you can do, things that you can do on a daily basis when you wake up, that you can be positive and proactive with the world around you. And I think a lot of people have two main subjects that uh, either make them believe that they uh, will go along with what it is that you say or be a part of what it is that you say or decide not to be a part of what you say. And of course, the U.S. elections is a no better example than that or the Brexit and U.K. elections and the U.K. prime minister and all of the stuff that surrounds the European Union can all be very disturbing. The idea of migration and, and extreme religions and all of these other things play a part in disturbing our systems. But the more we understand about them, the more we understand and the more we appreciate exactly what they are and how they work. And that's where life hacks come in. Because we, when we say we hack life, what we're really saying is that we look for solutions that make us feel happier, easier about life, easier about the things that will actually cause us to feel happy. And health and well-being, mental attitude, you know, all participate in making us feel comfortable in life. Now, I say to my children, I have seven children, I say to them all that change is the one thing that I believe makes you feel those chemicals moving within your system. And in doing that, it actually helps you to control those chemicals in your system. I don't think that children are taught in school that it's chemicals that make them do things. But chemicals are the most powerful drivers within our system. We think it's our intellect. We think it's our brain. We think it's the thing that, that drives us. But in fact, it's actually the chemicals who are the most powerful. Are you trying to overcome those chemicals on a daily basis? Adrenaline, for example, shuts down the creative mind completely. And the reason it does that is because it doesn't want you throwing some ideas around when you're in a dangerous situation. 
So it helps you by shutting down the ability for you to think creative. And that's why a lot of people get brain freeze, as they call it, when they get up on a stage and they haven't prepared for a presentation. That that moment where you think, well, I'll just wing this because I'm really good at winging it. And then you can't wing it because, of course, you, you didn't prepare. Adrenaline hits your system. The creative mind gets shut down and you go, wait, why can't I say anything? And there's a good example of this where there was a religious leader who was interviewing a rapper and the rapper starts to, he says, I'm just going to freestyle this. And they said, okay, this is going to be good. Go ahead. And he starts to freestyle and his brain freezes up. And instantly, this guy, who was probably very creative, have done lots of freestyle in his own home, but then under pressure with this adrenaline, the camera running and the action command just froze him. It just caused that adrenaline to flow through his system. And even he was looking and going, wait a minute, why don't I have words? What is going on here? And of course, the interviewer said, would you like to read something from your book? Well. It wasn't that he was stupid. It wasn't that anything had gone wrong with the interview. It was purely that the chemicals had shut down a part of his brain that was critical if he was going to be creative on the spot. And the same happens to you. Every day when you go to the office, you're feeling really good. You're feeling excited about the day. And all of a sudden you get that brain freeze. You stammer. You don't know what your what words to use in the boardroom. And you're thinking, wait a minute, what happened? I was so creative. My mind was thinking so clearly. And all of a sudden it seems to have shut down on me and left me looking stupid. And you know you're not. You just know that something has happened inside you. Now, patterns are the way that our, our brain deals with this. When you prepare for a meeting, what happens is that you run through your script over and over and over again, and you, you shunt all that information over into the other side of your brain, the non-creative side of your brain the pattern side of your brain, the rhythm side of your brain, the thing that remembers nursery rhymes and songs, that's the side of your brain that it needs to rely on if adrenaline is running through your veins. And then you start speaking and you do this wonderful speech and people stand and applaud and say, wow, what a wonderfully well-presented um, presentation that was. And then, of course, because you feel so calm and the adrenaline starts to reduce in your system, all of a sudden you find this freedom to actually be creative. And it comes to question time and this creative juices flow out of your mouth. And people, again, are amazed at how wonderfully you speak. And that's a good example of how the brain and chemicals work in conjunction with each other. So when we look at this and we think, well, what does that mean as far as my daily routine is concerned? Now, when you wake up in the morning, you switch on the news and you see that Donald Trump or Joe Biden uh, are having some kind of argument. Somebody cheated. There were riots, people in the street doing unjust thing to just people. Uh, and all of a sudden, those chemicals start to flow in your system. And before you know it, you find yourself getting angry at the world. 
and and stress hormones start to fill your your system and then other chemicals start to fill your system dopamine starts to get serotonin starts to flow hunger sets in all of those other things and your brain immediately turns to that part of your brain that is the pattern side of your brain now patterns are when you go into your kitchen to make a coffee you will reach to the right reach to the left switch on the coffee machine do the things in in a certain pattern and you can see this in action if you actually take your cups and put them where your plates are and your plates where your cups are and the next day you go to look for your cups and you find plates because the pattern has become so fixed in your mind that you expect everything to be the same. But when you change something, the body has to reinvent it. The, the mind has to reinvent the system, the pattern, a new pattern. And when it does that, it discovers. It goes on a journey of discovery. And that's when we say the journey and the people say that the journey is nothing more important than the journey. Destinations are always disappointing. They'll always leave you short. It's the journey because during the journey, we learn. We learn how things can be better. We learn how to improve on our existing patterns. One of the things I always say that like that, that I say to my children that, that I like to do to really settle my mind is to move things around in a room. Now you get very used to things being in a, in a certain order in a room. And you would think it's a bit silly to move things around in your room for no apparent reason, because why would I go to the trouble of doing that? Well, the reason you do it is because it makes you feel differently. It changes the chemicals in your system. And that's the beauty of doing things in breaking the patterns of everyday life. And then what happens is you find this wonderful um change that happens inside you and a chemical change that happens inside you so i think the the way i want to deal with this program is really to go through a series of things that people do on a daily basis to deal with a certain number of subjects that people would deal with in a, in a daily basis and show you a new way to deal with those that you can actually not drive so many extreme chemicals into your system so quickly and how you can diffuse those chemicals in your system to make you feel at peace. Now, everyone would agree that meditation is one of those ways to calm the, the nerves or calm the system. Now, the reason that is, is because what you're rich, literally doing is you're by removing all of the stresses in your life and stopping thinking about those stresses, you are calming the chemicals in your system because your body responds, your system responds chemically to the things that you think. A good example of that is if I say to you that I have a lemon and I cut, I'm cutting the lemon open and the lemon is, the juices are starting to run out immediately your body will start to produce saliva in your mouth. Now, there's no lemon. I'm talking about the lemon, but there is no lemon. It basically means that your system is responding to something that might be. Not that something that is, but something that might be. And this is the problem in our everyday life, is that we play games, we do what we do, we anticipate things. And we respond to things that might be 
and then have to respond again when they actually happen. So we're driving these powerful chemicals into our system and they're actually causing us to, to, to disturb us during those times of just thinking about them. You know, I often say to my wife, don't worry about it. A month from now, everything that you're worried about, everything you're concerned about won't matter. You really won't be thinking about those things. And I say the same thing to my children. Don't worry. Things will get better. Things always get better. And it's sometimes not that they get better. It's just that they look better. They look like they weren't as bad as they used to because in hindsight, when we reflect on the things that seem to be bothering us, they really weren't that big, a, big an issue after all. They weren't that big a problem. Arguments between two people where two people are absolutely right in their convictions and yet they continue to argue, knowing that the other person is right because the facts that they have have led them to believe they are right about their position. And yet the facts that you have seem to conflict with that, and therefore you're right also. Well, there will never be agreement in that situation. It's not until you stop and ask that person, tell me about your position and why you believe that, that you can start to relate to that. The Dalai Lama once said that it's impossible to understand anything without first fully embracing it. Now, I'm not a Buddhist, and I don't believe in Buddhism or any other form of religion, extreme religions, those are. But I do believe in God. I believe in God, believe in God because I believe in space. I believe that empty space is there, and I believe that matter is there. I believe that I live in a physical world. And if, I, if I'm going to believe that, I have to believe that there are things that are eternal, space being one of those, matter being the other. And physics is the manifestation of agreement. And agreement implies intellect. So if there is an eternal intellect, there we have our eternal God. Not some guy with a white long beard who's going to punish us all if we do bad things. But a motive, the universe has a motive, and that motive we're a part of. We have the promise in knowing that we are a part of a bigger picture that we can't see. That seems to be everything in that seems to be eternal. The process of physics, the emptiness of space and time, all eternal. Matter itself and, and, and energy, all eternal. And we live in the middle of that and assume that we are the mortals. The mortals are actually harder to believe than the eternal because everything, the bigger pictures around us are all eternal. So I take comfort in that and I rest in that. I don't go looking for things to disturb me. I don't go into churches to hear people tell me where I'm going if I don't do what they tell me to do. I trust in the physics. I trust in the, in the science of the universe, in the idea that everything is eternal, and somehow I fit into that big picture with an eternity ahead of me. Now, in, in some respects, there is an eternity that could have already been created during the trillions and trillions of years in this empty space and time. 
And if that has already happened, then we're simply a product of that. And there is no reason why that same eternity couldn't be given over to us. So I take comfort in that and I move forward with that and think that everything I do then becomes an exploration, a journey. I started out my life and decided that I didn't want to do one thing. One thing is for me a waste of a lifetime. And I don't want to criticize anybody that has chosen one thing, but there's so much to do. There's so many exciting things that we can do. There's so many things we can explore. And, and it doesn't have to be one thing. Our intellect is enough to pick up on a, on a subject. And if we focus on it for a matter of a couple of weeks, with the amount of access we have to knowledge now, there is no reason why we can't learn that skill and develop that skill very quickly. And I've done many, many things in my lifetime. I've had many businesses. I turned my life into a process of building businesses and selling them because I didn't really want to run those businesses. I wanted the journey of exploring that particular market segment or that particular business. And I learned so many things along the way. And I think that is the thrill of life. The thrill of life is that process where every day you're changing, every day you're challenging yourself. I have a new project for energy that I'm developing at the moment where I'm building a glass house to show people how they can actually use the energy more efficiently within their house. And I'm building that small glass house outside with everything to scale, even the energy that I'll be, be producing. I want to show people the potential for building their own ecosystem. And I want to do that as a journey. I don't want to do it because it's the one thing that I want to do. I want to do it because it's a journey that I want to go on. And I think those journeys, that passion, is the thing that separates us from all other species, where we can literally go into space. We can populate the moon. We can, we can discover the, the magic of quantum mechanics and quantum computing, two subjects that I'm studying at the moment. We have access to tools for 3D, building 3D worlds, our own games, things that we never thought we would get access to. And yet people say, I'm bored. I have nothing to do. And it makes me sad to think that we've been put in the middle of this wonderful playground. And yet we still say, I'm bored and I have nothing to do. Pick up anything. Look at anything examine every, anything. Look at the problems that people face and say, how can I solve those problems or help others to solve those problems for them? How can I put together things that cause people to have hope in life, that the passion in us can cause good things to happen for the good of all in the future? I created a company many years ago called iCare3000 because I wanted to put the, the importance on the year 3000, that it wasn't about us. It wasn't about what we want. It wasn't about our own finite existence. It was about the, the betterment of all, so that those people, 3000, in the year 3000, could look back and say, you know, those people back in 2020, 2021, those people did something for us. They were actually thinking about us when they built 
their ecosystem, when they built their world, they were thinking of building things that we could benefit from. And, and the only person that we know has done that are people like Jesus, who, who actually came here and looked at us and said, I'm going to give you something for the future. I'm going to give something you can hold on to for 2,000 years. We look back and we see the, the parables of the things that he said and the things that he did. Now, I'm not turning this religious. I'm just saying that somebody looks at, at Jesus and says, here is a man that decided he wanted to do something for the people he could see across the ages, the betterment of all, the good of all. And, and of course, as we see that, we wonder how. And why? What was the purpose? What was the idea that someone would say, I want to give something to people ahead and not just for the people of now? The people of now have got what they have. When he said the, the poor will always be with us, recognizing that there will always be poverty in our world, recognizing that it was up to us to move the mountains. It was us, up to us to change those things in our world that would make our world a better place. So as I do these, these podcasts, what I want to do is I want to do them so they're easy listening for people. I don't want to make them too stressful. I want to keep them as calm and easygoing as possible. So I won't get too much into controversial subjects. Although if you have a controversial subject that you would like to talk about, like to explore, then please let me know, and I'd love to uh, take on that challenge. I want to keep them down to about 30 minutes because I think 30 minutes is a time where you can listen to a 30-minute broadcast, and it is in con context, so it's contextual. That way you don't get too lost. I have many, many subjects that I talk about. I talk about many, many areas of uh, well-being. We talk about books. We talk about um engineering. We talk about um, life hacks in general, uh, meditation, all of these things that you would kind of expect to be thinking about in your everyday life, but never really able to have someone that shares in what you're going through. Now, I do realize there are people out there that are very sick and very um, in pain in a lot of cases. Um, and I would like to help them too. I would like to help them to really deal with that and help them as, and help them with things that I've used in order to help with those times of pain and times of struggle and give them the hope to make them see that it is a purpose and there is a good reason why these bad things seem to happen to good people. Also, I would like to touch on subjects that are not talked about that often, freedom of speech. You know, how do we get freedom of speech? Or more importantly, how do we share freedom of speech with others? How do we um, not use a speech to cause other people to object to our speech? How do we be inclusive, include other people in the things that they would like to be a part of our world, but are afraid? Remove the fears that other people have, that somehow somebody's going to shut them down, the things they fought for for so many years, and they're ex all expecting someone to come along and shut them down 
if they don't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And we see that in the form of anger. I want to try, try and help people to get rid of that. But more importantly, I want you, you the person who listens, to get something from this, to actually feel a sense of energy at the end of this, a sense that your chemicals are balanced and that you don't feel disturbed inside, that you actually have hope and somewhere to go and something to do and something to explore and new adventures. And when it comes to change, that you're able to make those changes. You're able to step outside and see the world possibly for the first time. That's what I would like to do in this series. So please become a part of this. Please get involved in it and send your messages. Ask the questions. I look forward to talking to you in the next broadcast.